0: Bible's credentials. Here's the first one, predictive prophecy. Just think about what the Bible is saying that should be objectively verifiable for everyone who can read it and understand it against the backdrop of history. He wants everyone to read it and understand it against the backdrop of history. If you can do that, you can utilize this verification. Here's the claim, God, the God of the universe holds everything in his hands. He says things like this through, we believe, the prophet Isaiah. I am God, there is no other. I am God, there's none like me. Okay, wow, yes, none like me. I'm unique, I'm not like any other deity that people pray to. I declare, here's how he proves it, the end of what's gonna happen from the beginning, before it happens. And from ancient times, things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all of my purpose. You want the linchpin in scripture of the first objective thing people go to in the scripture, to prove that the scripture is the word of God, it's this that God speaks through prophets, things that haven't happened yet, that specifically come to pass in the timeline of history. That's the thing that is most determinative and most objective and most verifiable. And it's the thing that the biblical writers say, look at this. And so, from a New Testament perspective, the Apostle Paul says, all of this stuff about David, I'm sorry, Jesus, the son of David, all told beforehand which is exactly what we read in Acts chapter three in Peter's sermon. He says all this was stated beforehand and and Stephen says it too in his sermon. These things were told beforehand. Man, there's a lot of emphasis and challenge in a passage like this, five chapters earlier. He says there's a lot of ways people trying to be soothsayers and foretell the future and you know, through all the necromancy and all the fortune-telling, he says this in Isaiah 41, 21. Hey, guys, set forth your case, says the Lord, says Yahweh. Bring your proofs, okay? You want to challenge whether or not you should be loyal to me and obey my prophets? Set forth your case. Let's prove it. Come on. It's like the, it's like the prophets of Baal and Elijah. It's like, okay, here's our test. If that's what the king of Jacob says. Let them bring them, and let's, let them tell us what's to happen, I mean, Jesus lays down the gauntlet here. And I say that because the triune God, all the way back to creation, Jesus the Son is involved in making this case and he reiterates it all through the Gospels. The proof. You ought to believe through the things that God has promised and fulfilled in me. You can see, as he says, Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing right now. That's why there's a big gap, I think, between Old Testament and New Testament. That's my theorization of why there was 400 silent years. God want to make sure that's wrapped up, all the promises, and now he's bringing it to pass. So someone else there is worthy of your devotion and obedience? Hey, bring it on. Let them tell us what is to happen. Tell us the former things, what they are, that we may consider them, that we may know their outcome. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us stuff before recorded history and tell us stuff that was prophesied in the past and tell us stuff that came to pass and tell us stuff that's in the future. Lay it out. Give give me the predictions. Tell us what is to come hereafter that we may know that you are gods. I mean, if you really are wanting the devotion of the people, prove it. Do good or do harm that we may be made or terrified. Now, that's a different kind of thing. That's like the prophet of Baal's, right? The prophet of of Baal, the prophets of Baal, they were challenged to have something miraculous happen. Behold, you are nothing, and your work is less than nothing. An abomination is he who chooses you. What a powerful statement, God's saying, and again, the secondary thing, it's not my focus right now. The first thing is my focus. Tell us what's going to happen in the future. No one else can do that. So, Wilbur Smith in his book just summarizes it. I'll give you a lot of things you can research, but here's the summation. And I challenge you to find anyone who's going to tell you different in any apologetics discussion, in any evangelistic discussion, here's the summary of it all. The Bible is unique. It is the only volume ever produced by man or a group of men. In which is to be found a large body of prophecies relating to individual nations, to Israel, to all the peoples of the earth, certain cities, the coming of the one who was to be the Messiah. Of course, he's articulating all things that the Bible says, the Old Testament Jewish scriptures say. The ancient world had many different devices for determining the future, known as divination but not in the entire library of Greek or Latin literature, even though they use words like prophet and prophecy. Can we find any real specific prophecy of a great historic event to come in the distant future or any prophecy of a savior to arise in the human race? Islam can't point to any prophecies about the coming of Muhammad, right? They'll try with one or two passages, even in the Old Testament, but there's nothing even close. I mean, it's it, not even close. We'll, we can look at those in a study of Islam, which we've done, uttered hundreds of years before his birth. Neither can any of the founders of any cult in this country rightly identify any ancient text, although even Joseph Smith tried to tie his coming to, you know, I have sheep of another fold and and Jesus' teaching. Anyway, we can look at those and say, is that really the intent of the text? I mean, we can easily discredit those. And that's cherry picking one or two. We've got a whole body of biblical prophecy specifically foretelling the future, in this case, you can't find that in any cult. You can't find that in any religious writings. You just don't have it. If you want to point to, to Notre Dame, I guess, gets to the, the Discovery Channel every now and then, uh, some special, um, read it. Read it. Even read, if you've never read the Quran, read the Quran. Read, read the holy books. Read, read what's out there, and you'll see the scripture is just in a category by itself, very specifically articulating things in prophetic statements before they take place. And that's why the title of that book is so helpful, The Incomparable Book, because it is incomparable in that you can't compare it to any other religious text. There's so many, and I'm going to give you some resources in a minute, but I just listed a few. Leviticus 26 predicted what we see being played out in Ezekiel and Daniel over 900 years before it happened. Leviticus 26, speaking of the events of the exile in particular, as did Jeremiah 29. Got very specific about how long it would last. Almost a 1,000 years before it happened, we have it predicted even before there was a nation, even before there was a king. We have the prophecies about the assembling of the nation, the sin of the nation, the transgression of the nation, the idolatry of the nation, the captivity of the nation, and then the restoration of the nation. Jeremiah, he predicts 100 years before it happens, almost 100 years, how long the exile in Babylon would last. Isaiah 44 predicts the name of the Persian king, 150 years before he arrives on the scene. Daniel chapter 9, 480 years before it came to pass, lays out how long it would be from the decree to rebuild the city until the coming of Christ into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But I did want to quote Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Of course, it's it's ramping up in his sermon here and getting contentious. I mean, this is not a way to win friends and influence people, but he says, you guys have killed the prophets, right? Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecuted? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one. I mean, this is what the New Testament claim constantly is. Christ the Messiah was anticipated. Christ the Messiah came. And I think any objective look at any passage of the Old Testament that deals with the Messiah can lead to this conclusion. Isaiah 53, MacArthur's book came out not long ago, Gospel According to God, which is his single volume on, uh, that's super readable, on Isaiah 53, which if you haven't read that, I'm sure that's in our bookstore as well. Anyway, and we could go on and on. Jesus from the tribe of Judah, born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2, line of David, dies a natural death, rises from the dead, arrives on a precise schedule, I mean, I've gone through all of the odds before, but it's kind of fun to quantify it, talk about the entire state of Texas being covered in quarters. 268,000 square miles of land in Texas. If you covered it two feet deep in quarters, and you only put one quarter in there, that was a 2019 quarter, and I blindfolded you and let you fly all day all over the state, and said you can go down there now, land your helicopter, get out and pick one quarter. Right? What are the chances you're going to pick the one quarter that has that date? That's a, that's a one in 100 quadrillion chance of doing it. And the point is, if you do enough mathematics on just a handful of prophecies regarding specific things like where Jesus would be born, I mean, these math types have tried to look at what the odds of those those things are. And it's like, astronomical, right? That's a one with 17 zeros after it. Isaiah 42, 9, Behold, the former things have come to pass. Just look at the record of biblical prophecy and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you them. Now, again, that's hundreds of years before Christ and many of the things in Isaiah that he's about to go on to say. I talk about Isaiah 53. I mean, we're 11 chapters away from that in the passage but he's saying look back to the Mosaic days and look at how all these things that were prophesied hundreds of years before now have come to pass. Almost a thousand years. And then he prophesies things that are gonna come to pass 700 years later. The record in the past as you watch the Bible unfold over a 1,400-year period is that not not one of all the good promises that the Lord made, and this is early on, in the beginning of the exodus to the end of the settlement of the conquest, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass, and that's the track record of biblical prophecy. I know you think if you didn't grow up researching comparative religions, you think all the religions must have their holy books with their predictions. They just don't.